0: Hey, everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Paul Grand on the Outcomes Rocket MedTech podcast. Very excited to be back here today. If you haven't heard me before, I'm the founder and CEO of MedTech Innovator, the world's largest medical device accelerator. Learn more about us at medtechinnovator.org. There's a link in the show notes. In this podcast series, I interview medtech innovators, stakeholders, people who are working to improve outcomes in health. There'll be a link in the show notes for this episode to a post on LinkedIn. And you can join that discussion about today's podcast by clicking on that link and sharing your thoughts. My guest today is Mike Ricci, the CEO at SPECT. SPECT was a finalist in MedTech Innovator 2018, which makes me especially excited to interview Mike today. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike. He's the co-founder and CEO of SPECT, a four-time CEO and a co-founder of three digital health startups, the most recent one being Recovery One, which was backed by 7Wire and Cigna. It's a musculoskeletal company that has just raised a Series C. Prior to the work that he did in digital health, Mike was a telecommunications executive, has extensive strategic planning, MA experience, with 14 acquisitions successfully completed. Very impressive. Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket MedTech, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Paul. Well, let's get to the beginning, Mike. I want to know about you and your background. You know, you know, what inspires your work in the med tech industry?
1: Well, you already indicated in my bio that I am a transplant, not to use medical terminology, but I spent the first portion of my career, i a double E actually, going way back in communications, wired and mostly wireless. Sold a company a little over a decade or so ago, and I reflected, took a year off look back at what I did when I got out of college and I wanted to connect the world altruistically. And I said, well, you know, half the world's connected on a smart device these days. So maybe that's good. But then I reflected more on what smart devices are used for and I thought maybe there's a way to get a little more value on these devices. So it's been all sort of mobile platform focused, and it's been exciting. It's been an exciting second part of my career in terms of doing that. In terms of healthcare, I have a brother's a doctor, several friends who are doctors. Co-founded happened with most of those people, not my brother, but most other people. So that's how I got into the healthcare industry. And after a decade, I know enough to be dangerous. Huh.
0: It's always great having the doctor and the family. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that definitely has led to a lot of startups. I know that for sure. Yep. So that's great. And certainly, you know, having that experience in on the mobile side of the world and seeing how that can change things. I know that that's a real inspiration for a lot of people in healthcare because we got this smart technology in our pockets. It might as well uh, keep us all healthy too, right? Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Might as well use it for good, right? Some Absolutely. could argue how much technology is being used for good, but this is a thing I think you could argue we do. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree with that. So so let's talk a little bit about the technology, about what it is that you're doing at SPECT. So first, maybe just tell us kind of the founding story. So what got you started at SPECT?
1: Yeah, so I actually started initially because of your MedTech tech platform. It turns out that my marketing person at my previous company said, hey, we were co-presenting with this company called Spec. You should reach out to them because I think they might have interest in having you as a consultant. At that point in my life, I was just going to do consulting. So I reached out to one of the original co-founders and it was due to MedTech Innovator that we got introduced. And we hit it off on a number of fronts, mainly having spent enough years doing health tech, I was aware what didn't work. I learned early on that a lot of tech people don't do well in health tech because they assume you throw technology to the wall and it sticks. It's a totally different world. I mean, they call it health care for a reason, the care part. You need to understand workflow. You need to understand how it can be seamless, how it adds value without adding burden. Everyone's overworked and busy. And so I really liked the mission of the company, sort of at the highest level, because it prevents blindness, which was a very good thing. You know, one of the original co founders had a grandfather in India who was taking care of patients when they came to his home after clinic and had this kind of kludgy device that could look at their eyes. And the co-founder who has a bioengineering degree said, well, maybe we can do better, migrated to an iPhone. And that was probably eight or nine years ago. So the fact that it was a device that could prevent blindness and also in, unfortunately, a very big market, one out of three people is either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So there's a big need. Which has the benefit of creating a a good business opportunity as well. So to me, it fit the bill and it also fit the bill is very easy to use, which was that issue of workflow that it really does seamlessly integrate into work environments today. Clinical workflows.
0: Yeah. Having a seamless device that fits into clinical workflows is definitely a key critical factor for success. Absolutely. Um, If you have you have something that is terrific but totally changes the way people do things and slows things down or gets in the way, it's not going to get used, right?
1: No. And I think we both know a lot of digital
0: health companies kind of fell by the wayside because of that. Yep, I agree. So let's get a little more then into detail kind of on the unmet need here, because there are certainly devices out there to diagnose. Eye disease, and there's people who've tried to do things in more of a mobile way before. So, what's different about Spect? You know, and tell us, you know, specifically what the product does.
1: So, what's different about us is that we are looking at this market: is how do we fill that gap? And the simplest way to put this is when it comes to screening for eyes, which is non-trivial to do. It hasn't fundamentally changed in about 100 years. People go to an eye specialist, so will sit in front of a very expensive OCT camera, be strapped in, and have their eyes checked. There aren't many of those specialists and it's hard to get to it. And when you get something like diabetes, which is affecting such a large portion of the population, it's not caught in primary care. Someone sees their primary care physician. If they unfortunately are diagnosed with diabetes, they're told to watch their diet, maybe get on insulin and have your eyes checked. A very small percentage actually do get their eyes checked. And as a result, they say, my eyes are fine. The disease diabetic retinopathy progresses. And when it gets worse, it's very hard to cure. It requires very elaborate procedures and actually really does degrade up to blindness. So catching it early is key. And what we do is we allow primary care to use this device like a stethoscope, like a blood cuff. It's done by a nurse practitioner. It's done by, it could be done by the doctor most time. It's the same person who takes your vital stats. They do it very quickly and they can quickly tell if you have this disease or truthfully other diseases as well, but we're starting with diabetic retinopathy. And so it can be diagnosed very early and one can be sent to a specialist early on if they need to go. So it really does solve a lot of problems. Blindness being number one. It is a huge benefit to the payer environment with health insurance companies because they can avoid a lot of expense by catching this early. Quality of life, obviously a huge factor to the patient. And it also helps primary care because under accountable care organizations, they're being judged on the total quality of the care and they don't do this today. So allowing them to do this actually broadens their horizon in
0: terms of what they can do within the practice as well. So it's kind of a win for everyone. It makes a lot of sense to great value proposition. When we look at this kind of a market, right, where you've got a technology that can be so mobile, right? That's not just for the, you know, just bound to an office. It's not a big clunky machine that gives you the opportunity also to be, you know, servicing patients in, in many different places. Is that part of what you're doing here that, you know, you're out working with people in their homes, or is it primarily still something that's going to be, you think is going to be done in an office?
1: Excellent question. If you talked to me pre-COVID, I would have said we're going to start in the clinic and it has the ability to be mobile. We have always had the ability to do both Wi-Fi and cellular, but when COVID hit, the world went external. Telemedicine, as you know, skyrocketed. And so a lot of our early engagements have been at-home healthcare, which is now a big segment, and I'm convinced will stay a big segment. So early adoption was at a patient's home, keep it in your bag, take it out, use it. It's hooked up over, in most cases, cellular because it doesn't require Wi-Fi. So ultimate portability, because we are cloud-based, meaning you're actually communicating live to someone. The benefit of having that connection there has been huge as well. It's really helped with the ease of use as well. So while we weren't initially targeting at home to be our major target, COVID actually solved that for us and got us entrenched in an area that's growing very quickly. So if there's any benefit of COVID, there aren't too many, but at least it did accelerate digital health and it accelerated telehealth, which needed to happen.
0: No question. That was a silver lining. It continues to be a silver lining of COVID. Is the acceleration of technologies like SPECT and digital health in general. Uh, You know, people are are used to getting care now at home or in more convenient locations, and I don't think they want to go back. I certainly don't. I really like the ability to do those telehealth visits. And, you know, and again, having technology like SPECT means that it can be done, you know, with the same level of quality, but at home.
1: Yeah, Um, it's interesting, Paul. I think a lot of people would argue that it was a reimbursement issue for telehealth, I think it's actually ended up being a use model that once people like yourself and myself use it, we don't want to go back, right? Particularly seniors, they don't want to go to a brick and mortar facility. They may not have ability to get there to
0: start with. So it's a huge benefit in terms of the quality of life. Yeah, agreed. So let's talk a little more then maybe about, you know, the experience quickly, In terms of improving outcomes. So, you know, we know fundamentally, right, you get your, your eyes checked and you should be able to avoid, you know, developing a further disease or at least, you know, now being able to treat disease if it's there in the experience that you've had to date, you know, are there any examples you can give and how the product is improving outcomes?
1: Yeah, for sure. So matter of fact, it was somewhat exacerbated by COVID and that, as you know, a lot of other care went by the wayside, particularly in clinic for sure. But even at home, we tend to focus on COVID-related things. So eye care, which has always been important, wasn't getting enough attention before, and it got even pressed down further due to COVID. So just the fact that, you know, we've been enabled people to go in and do this screening where it wasn't being done is huge. I mean, no one was looking at their eyes at all. And so Huge problem. As I say, this this disease in particular gets very nasty when it progresses. So I think the fact that we filled a gap that was not being filled in an unfortunately, as I said, very large segment of the population, unfortunately. So I think that care gap, it had all the benefits of, you know, saving money and providing, you know, less cost in the system. But just in terms of care, it was a huge gap that I think we have already seen happen. So it's been great to watch with our early deployments where you'll go into a patient's home, maybe a senior who's never seen a doctor and they get their eyes checked. They're delighted someone's there to help them and they can get diagnosed immediately and they know if they have an issue. That's been very
0: fulfilling. No, I'm sure it has been fulfilling. And I'm sure it's great for the team too, you know, in general being Seeing the devices out there, seeing people using it and getting benefit from it, I know is always uh, it's, really rewarding.
1: It's been very exciting for the team because we're doing something unique. A lot of people are now focusing on eye care because it is a big opportunity and care gap. But I think we're very excited because we really do feel we have the right solution because of the mobility, the ease of use, the ubiquitous. Our device is based on an iPhone, but it's low cost. So we just license it. We don't charge for the de- the device itself. So it's a very easy model for someone to use. They just pay a monthly fee. So it's very scalable. And just to see that adopted and to see the excitement about it has really gotten the team very excited.
0: That's great. And, you know, I wanted to make sure the listeners here really understand how it's different than what's available today again. So, you know, you mentioned before the idea of, of workflow and how important that is and how this is You know, to be successful in digital health, you got to have a product that fits into the workflow. So how is what SPECT is doing, you know, fitting into the workflow? How's it better than what's available today? There's probably three key metrics. First of all, just
1: the affordability model to start with is important because primary care doesn't have budgets to buy expensive cameras, and they do not have individuals trained to use expensive cameras. Our device literally takes 15 minutes to learn how to use. It is called human in the loop. So the person who's the operator is pointing a light at the right place in the eye. Everything else we do. So they're guided initially by someone over the speakerphone, where to hold it. After a few times, they actually get the feel for that. We capture the image, we send it to our specialist, and we send a report back. So there's nothing they really need to do. These exams are down to like one minute, optimally. We say three to five. Very quick. Once again, the, the person doing it can learn this muscle memory very quickly. It's very easy to do. It saves the patient a trip to go see a specialist. It's done you know, while they're there. Other solutions are either peer software. And there are people doing you know, this. They don't use them using all AI, which we also use AI. But they tell you to buy the expensive, hard to use camera, which just doesn't work, period. And then there's hardware manufacturers who make cameras who are making them more portable, but they're still hard to use. One of the key metrics that we pride ourselves on is we're getting about 95% of the time we take an image, that's gradable. Nobody can touch that. Most of the competitive products are like 50 or 60. And if you think about it, a patient doesn't want to have to do this multiple times, right? And they don't know at the time it's not doable. We're live. So we know immediately if we successfully capture it. So just that from the patient perspective even is a big, a big benefit. So nobody really else has this scalable model. There's no one out there. There are other iPhone-based devices. They don't work very well, narrow field of view. Ours is really a pretty good camera for being based on an iPhone. You know, We're not a hardware company. We're a software company. But the device is a pretty efficient way of capturing the data.
0: Makes a lot of sense to me. I know lots of people have tried Mm -hmm. Um, And have, you know, done similar things with, you know, different types of technology. And, you know, we haven't seen many of them, you know, be very successful um, along the way. So, you know, I I know there's always that kind of opportunity now for a company to come along like SPECT and really get it right, having, you know, seen a bunch of other companies get it wrong. We uh, call it the
1: arrows in the back syndrome where other people went out there first.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's right. I'd rather have other people have those arrows in the back, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's good. All right. Well then let's, let's talk a little more about arrows in the back. I know that, you know, not everything goes perfectly smoothly all the time and everything is, is exactly the way you saw it from the day you had this idea in this company. So any particular setbacks you experienced along the way? And and if so, what were the key learnings? Yeah, know, I'll focus
1: that? on the learnings. I'm not sure. So so here's a good example that relates to the story I just told you. One of our earliest adopters was a large at-home healthcare company. And we obviously had been focused on in-clinic because telehealth was a small segment pre-COVID. And our device was designed to be such, okay, let's schedule when you're going to do the screening. If you can let us know a day ahead of time, that'd be great because we'll line up resources. We'll have everything ready because we do have this live interface. And they came back and said, well, we pretty much just visit a patient. We don't even know going to do a screening. So it has to be impromptu. It's like whenever we tell you we're ready, you are ready. So we figured it out. So we pretty much worked out close to a 24-7 scenario that, with virtually no notice, we can do a screening. It made us more powerful because of it due to the flexibility. And we also proved that we could do 100% remote training because we had to, right? So we've done very few in-person trainings. It works great remote training, right? So sort of necessity is the mother of invention. We had to create a uh, rogue system. I mean, without scheduling, I mean, anytime somebody can just walk in and want to do a screening, we're up and running. And we obviously had to do that very flexibly and we had to be able to train anyone had to use it it's very easy to use, but everything had to be done remotely. So telehealth in the full sense, training's remote as well as the device is remote.
0: So yeah, that's, that is definitely, again, another, I think another silver lining in COVID is it just forced a lot of people to get into this mode of doing remote training and, and everything that maybe people still were bringing people in for training sessions and or sending out people to train and it's just not necessary. And, no, it's and not. I, and we I did I think, very yeah, well with
1: it. So, yeah, Yeah,
0: I'm I'm glad to hear you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's great. Well, thanks for sharing that story. You know, I know there's lots to be excited about SPECT. I've known the company, you know, from the very beginning. I remember uh, when Ankur Gupta was out on our stage doing a presentation. I remember saying, hey, like, you know, you don't even have a domain name. You don't even have a website. You guys have just been under the radar. And isn't it time to come out of stealth mode? I said, you know, you guys made it to the finals at MedTech Innovator. I think it's time to come out of stealth. But you know, you guys have continued to be a bit under the radar. So maybe tell us, you know, what's what's going on? I feel like you're you're, you're finally coming out now. So yeah. th- so tell us so, a little Paul, bit about that. Why now? And, I may uh, mention
1: this to you when I met you last, Paul. I think we're the least stealth stealth company you've ever seen because we won all these awards and yet <laughs> you don't have a website, right? So so yes, we are coming. We are coming out in terms of being under the cover of stealthness, and we have. A bunch of PR work that'll probably happen soon in terms of announcing some partnerships. We did officially cap our seed funds. So we're going to announce that. We've hired some key people and we're actually getting a lot of commercial traction. So you'll see within a few weeks, a lot more coming out. On the company. It was just a methodology approach of, of keeping very, very secretive. It's a competitive industry, but we're well past that now. We've had the device out since 2019. You know, it's, it's getting, for anyone in this space, they know us. But yeah, you're right. We, it's not a house. Our, by the way, our new and improved website, which you probably still think looks stealth, <laughs> it definitely tells you more than the old one did. <laughs> Okay. The old one pretty much just said we do I stuff and that's it, right?
0: So I remember. I remember that very well. And I'm really glad to hear that you guys are are coming out of stealth because it is a great story. You know, you've got a, a real unmet need, you've got a product that solves it, and it does so in a way where the business model works, you know, a lot of the things that, that people just don't get right, frankly. And I know you took your time in terms of, you know, of getting that initial traction and, and, you know, and iterating as needed. And, you know, and I've heard, I know behind the scenes, you know, I've heard bits and pieces of the story. So I'm glad other people get to hear the news too. And it's no we're, it's we're just, excited.
1: You know. We're excited. We're a relatively small, but very talented team. And so it's very exciting for the team to see what's happening now. And it's actually very exciting for me, even though I've been doing this for a while, as you know, startups are really hard. They're really, really hard. <laughs> That's why the stats are so high in terms of those who survive. But we're also benefiting from a lot of people now. Digital health is definitely in a spotlight for sure. And I think companies that bring value and have the right equation, I think will do very well.
0: No, I agree. And it's time, you know, that... The spotlight is shining on digital health and companies like SPECT because you really are solving problems that you just can't do in the traditional ecosystem or traditional way of doing things. So I'm really excited about that and your place in that. So Mike, you know, you've got this initial product. What's the long-term vision for the company? So the long-term version, we're really a data analytics company.
1: The one amazing thing about the retina, and there's been much published in this space, we trademark it is the retina, is the check engine light of the body. There's invaluable information about your health buried within your retina, whether it be cardiovascular, whether it be, you know, things like neurological conditions, a lot has been discovered that you can track and monitor through the retina. And the fact that we're gathering this invaluable data on the retina will be very powerful going forward in terms of how this device could become a monitor for your health. And my ultimate vision is this in your medicine cabinet, like your digital thermometer and beep, beep, you point pointing at your eyes and you get an update on health factors beyond just eye care. So we're starting in DR, diabetic retinopathy. We can do other eye conditions. And once we build this data repository, more or less like a 23andMe
0: type model will have invaluable data for the industry across multiple fronts. And that that data is going to be valuable for all of us, not just, you know, for Absolutely. one particular thing and you know in the product or one particular disease, but you know, having a central data repository across lots of patients is really what makes, you know, healthcare valuable for everybody. So that's great. I'm glad you're doing that, Mike. Yeah, it's the exciting big story here. So we're very excited about it. I'm excited about it too. As we're wrapping up here, I want to make sure that, you know, people know where to find you. So I want to make sure you, you tell us how they can get in touch with you. And also, if you have any closing thoughts that yeah. you want to share, you know, what's something that you hope that someone who's listening, you know, if they take away one thing about spec', you know, or just being an entrepreneur anything you want to share, what would that be?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you can find us like a lot of small companies. We couldn't get the URL we ideally like. So it's get But if you look us up at www.getspec1string.com, you will see that fabulous website we built. And there's contact information there. I think the message I'd like to give to people is if you want to be involved in any way, we actually have a large number of advisors with the company as well. So if you have interest on the medical side or even business side getting involved, if you're somebody out there who's interested in doing screenings, contact us in terms of maybe how this could be used in your environment. And I couldn't pass the opportunity since I'm doing a Series A raise. If you're an investor and you'd like to learn more, please contact me.
0: That's a great ask to put out there. All of those are good asks. You know, if you're just somebody who wants to get involved, if you're you're curious about how this can improve the, the care practice that you're offering, if you're an entrepreneur, or somebody who wants to, you know, work at a, a startup, you know, this is a great company to be looking into. If you're an investor, this is a great investment opportunity. And you got all those all those boxes checked, Mike. So I'm glad that you put all those things out there because that's what this is all about, right? Is getting people out there in the world. That's why we're doing this podcast. Let people know about what you're doing over at SPECT and what the opportunity is and have a chance to connect with you. So, so thanks for joining us today and, and sharing the story.
1: Thanks, Paul, for having me. And I look forward to seeing you in person again one of these days.
0: Hey, I'm really looking to spend some more time with you in person. We got to hang out at that American Diabetes Association conference a couple of years back, which is a lot of fun. That one's coming up again yep. this November, the ADA Leaders Forum. So I'll put a plug out there for people. If you want to Google that, that's going to be coming up up in the Bay Area. And it is in person and companies are going to be there presenting. Investors will be there listening and not not overly
1: plug we won that one too but i won't overly
0: plug it (laughs) i was gonna say that you won you won the competition we had there i mean as you said it's the least stealthy stealth company right right. um but you are but you have been kind of stealthy and and i'm glad to see that as i said you're you're coming out stronger now in terms of visibility and i think the timing is right so i think you're doing the right thing mike i'm really happy uh, that you're doing this and again thanks for joining us today yeah and thanks for everyone who listens Appreciate it. All right. So again, listeners, that was the story of SPECT, Mike Ricci, CEO. So make sure that you go to our show notes and take a look. You'll find a link to the website for SPECT. You'll find a link to the post on LinkedIn where you can join the discussion. You can reach out to Mike and he'll connect with you on LinkedIn. Yeah, by the way,
1: it's just mrichi at GetSpec. So if you want to email me directly, it's just M. R. I. C. C. I. at GetSpec.com.
0: Couldn't have been easier than that, right? Yeah, um, so mrichi at GetSpec.com. And again, look for us, as I said, on LinkedIn. That's an easy way to connect as well. And so again, for those of you listening, that's another one of our episodes. We're talking to healthcare leaders. We also have Outcomes Rocket Pharma, Outcomes Rocket nursing to learn about that side of the world. We've got the Outcomes Rocket OG original with Saul Marquez talking to leaders, lots of people to talk to and listen to. So I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and learn about all these great people who are influencing the future of healthcare. Thanks for joining us today.